Yeah. Some people have whole relationships just drunk the whole time. Like they don't <laughs> even know. I've seen that. No, it's funny because it's they true. only because they, they met drinking, which is fine. Uh-huh. That happens a lot. Yeah, and then they only go out for drinks, mm-hmm. and then that's just the whole thing. They get married. They're, I've I've known couples that basically they didn't know each other sober. And one of them goes to like AA and they're like, I don't feel like I don't even know you anymore. Kind of, because then there's the pressure to keep whatever that facade is up. So like, oh, let's have some drinks. Uh And eventually you're like, your synaptic vesicles are going crazy. (laughs) You've just been drinking the whole time without really being an alcoholic. You know, you're just doing it out of uh, weird conditioning. Well, drinking dulls your senses. I mean, the reason why I mostly quit drinking. I mean, like I said, I'll have a drink every now and then. I don't see anything wrong with it. But like the reason why I mostly quit is because I had really bad social anxiety Mm -hmm. in college and I would drink before going to like acting classes and stuff like that. Cause I was going to school for, for theater. And for whatever reason I moved to Chicago and it was like somebody just hit the pipeline and social anxiety exploded. And so I would, I would drink like four shots. Wow. Like I had a drinking I think I did that before like, uh, job interviews sometimes sure you know but in in, in i would go get in the shower and i feel really good because you feel like this warmth in, the beginning, in your chest yeah. and i would squirt toothpaste in my mouth and just munch it up and like that people can still smell oh, it yeah, like yeah. coming out of your head i don't think there's anything yeah is there any i heard like shaving cream or something does something you put shaving cream in your mouth no you put like on your face if you, if you just shaved the shaving cream and the aftershave would overtake the uh the alcohol, vo- like yeah, the fumes. They're fumes. Well, basically. I would chew gum and do all this yeah. stuff, and they would smell it just coming out of my head. And then, like, <laughs> I'd be garlic. like a Mortal Kombat villain. And yeah. I remember somebody, I was so dumb at the time. Somebody was like, "Smells like somebody in here has been drinking." <laughs> like, one of the kids said that, and I was like, "That's weird." But it was like me. And I remember we had this class called body movement, and the teacher came up to me and she pointed to my chest and she goes, "Don't hate yourself." Which was yeah. really weird, and that's like whenever I was like, "Do I hate myself?" I was like, yeah. "I don't think so." But in college, you're so anti-vulnerable. You're like, "You hate yourself," right? You know what I mean? Like, you don't want to like deal with those feelings or whatever. Yeah. So it was like that was kind of like the genesis story. I was like, "Okay, maybe I need to go to therapy." Yeah. Which, speaking of which, yes. Well, you know, this is a self-help survivor. Yeah. Uh, for self-help addiction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it's kind of like. I feel like we do live in a self-help culture now in a way because yeah. like people used to read self-help books, but now the majority of social media, if it's not political, it's either political mm-hmm. or it's like some sort of self-help because yes. it's like cut off the toxic people in your life. All these memes, like the people who are really going to be there for you, you're going to be there for you all the time. doesn't matter the hour of the day. And you're like, okay, right. this is kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No boundaries. Yeah, you know, for sure. But But I feel like that's kind of a, we're kind of all into self-help now because it's sort of the part of the social media thing, don't you think? Right. Well, it's kind of, so. it's just in the zeitgeist. I mean, wellness is in, also we live in LA where it's like, there's a lot of well, mm-hmm. like it's a, it's a business. It's an industry, totally. you know, uh, yoga and acupuncture or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I started going to therapy here like Same. a well, few no, years ago. I started in Chicago, but it was mm-hmm. when I was about to move out here that I was yeah, already. Because like, I met a bunch of people that did know. therapy and then I was having... I went through a phase in my life. I had a lot of depression. I was having a bit, like, not panic attacks, but something adjacent mm-hmm. to that. And uh, there was a number on the back of my uh, covered California <laughs> card. And I called it. I called it. Yeah. And the first thing they ask you is, like, uh, uh, are you, are you going to kill yourself? And I was like, well, if I say yes, will I get the thing? <laughs> like, are you yeah. going to proceed <laughs> if I say yes? Yeah. You know? 
Uh, or are they going to like come and like kick your windows open like a yeah, SWAT team? Yeah. And be like, you know. And that's when I started safe. going to, uh, there we did like CBT therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, you have the definition it. on your phone, right? Right, I do. Actually, want, be yeah. careful when you look up CBT because there's a porn uh, that's CBT. It's a uh, cock and ball torture. That's weird. So you don't want to confuse it See, with that. See, that's why porn is like ruined. Yeah, us, yeah. It just really infiltrates everything. Um, <laughs> but uh, I thought I was like, oh, cool. It's CBT yeah. porn. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. It's CBT it's like porn. change your brain yeah, while yeah. also ruining it. Yeah. Cognitive behavioral therapy is a form of psychological treatment that has been demonstrated to be effective for a range of problems, including depression, anxiety disorders, alcohol and drug use problems, marital problems, eating disorders, and severe mental illness. It's a psychosocial intervention that aims to reduce symptoms of various mental health conditions, primarily depression and anxiety disorders. Mm. So to me, that sounds like all therapy. But there's uh, principles of it, three uh, principles. Core beliefs. Our core beliefs are informed by our childhood experiences. Dysfunctional assumptions, which I I think I really had. Humans tend to hold on to negative more easily than the positive. And uh, automatic negative thoughts. I kind of feel like I have all yeah. these. <laughs> ants, ants <laughs> but, is what they call them. Yeah. What, what, the way I had it explained to me was like, you have these fears or these distortions in life, right? Mm-hmm. And then so what you end up doing is, okay, I got to reprogram these beliefs. So the cognitive, then there's the behavioral, then the therapy part. So like the cognitive would be like, I can't get on stage in front of people. Mm-hmm. So you would work on kind of changing the belief first a little bit like cognitively, and then you would take baby steps behaviorally towards getting on stage like okay i'm gonna give a presentation in front of one person you do that till it feels comfortable while giving yourself positive reinforcement then you're like okay i'm gonna get on stage in front of two or three people Mm -hmm. then you feed yourself the reinforcement till you you keep climbing the hierarchy to where these things it's like desensitizing yourself in a good way Mm -hmm. so like when people are like desensitized to violence it's because they've exposed themselves to it so much so you desensitize yourself from the fear or yeah. the the depression or the whatever to where your brain just automatically responds positively or neutral, you mm-hmm. know, to where you don't have like that negative charge. Yeah, yeah, you know? just, your heartbeat is kind of just kind of stable in that uh, yeah. environment. Totally, you're not like you don't see a girl and you're like, Bleh! yeah, you know. Did your therapist do like she tried to find all the cognitive blocks you had? Like that's kind of what mine did. You know what was interesting was. The first therapist that I had, I actually found a cognitive behavioral therapy program that I went mm. through on my own, and I kind of brought that into my therapy because it was already written by a therapist. I was like, I want to work on this. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it was talk therapy, but she, we worked kind of through the, the steps together I see. at the time. And at the time, I was drinking a lot um, to numb my stimulus to like things that freaked me out so i was learning to get off of alcohol by using i wasn't addicted to alcohol but i was headed there if that Mm. makes sense but by using the therapy right to you know my therapy was mostly just for like my magical thinking my negative like like oh well this is not gonna work anything that i did would not work out like that was Mm -hmm. um i feel like that could have just been how i was raised like my parents were kind of of course it was and and eventually it started infiltrating Cause like my family, like we 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 did definitely didn't grow up poor, but mm-hmm. we lived like poor people. 
<laughs> you know, like so my parents had money. You had these you know? views about money then. Yeah, we were okay. always kind of living like the the heat was never on. <laughs> you know, it was always kind of like, oh, we gotta be scared because the money. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's only like when I was an adult, I looked back. I was like, my parents had jobs and they made money. They had things. They owned duplexes. <laughs> you know, Do you like think that no somewhat sense. made you a little more self-sufficient though? In some a ways little to where bit. You, but you went out and you're like, I got to make things happen. But the problem was, is it gave, it, when you raise a child like that, it gives you an extreme poverty mindset mm. to the point that I was just doing all like, I remember when I moved to New York, I like wasn't even feeding myself or I, I would find something on the street, like in the bed bug epidemic like oh, i'll use this hamper i found on the street as a instead of buying one from target for seven dollars you know what i mean yeah. and eventually I, I started like manifesting into shoplifting i started like just stealing groceries and, and you never brought this to your therapist though no i never i never yeah. no i never talked because like that wasn't the problem that mm -hmm. was just like uh, a result of the problem i i didn't want and i knew it was something that I wanted to stop and I was yeah. going to stop. And I didn't want that to be what the therapy is about, you know? Right. And plus she might've reported you be like, yeah. my I don't think she was would at have. target today. And he I says, never stole enough. I think you have to steal like thousands of dollars worth. You stole like to, full, like grocery carts. Full though, groceries. Dude, I that would is just so go crazy. in. I would, I found it was good for like my acting career was that I was going in and I was like, just to maintain that poker face, stuff the bags. You have to really act like, uh, you're like like you own the place to get away yeah. with it. Sometimes I go on on audition where I have to wear a suit. Uh -huh. of like this is the perfect getup to wear to go <laughs> steal a uh -huh. bunch of groceries. No one's gonna. I would just stuff the bags uh, and just pick up the bags, and I would do a walk. I would go from one side of the self checkout, uh -huh. and then I would walk by all the um, the cashiers. Sure. Like on the other side. So it looks like I paid for it. They wouldn't, because why would I be walking? <laughs> I'm not trying to and sneak away. And the alarms away. would go off? No, never. They, alarms How? only go off if you steal like uh, alcohol, I think, because they have like a thing on them. But I have stolen ties before. From I had they had ties like neck ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like expensive tie. I, it was like, like tie tie people. It was like yeah. <laughs> I, I, was, <laughs> I stole a family. Human trafficking. I stole uh, <laughs> I think I stole a tie from. Uh, some story. It was like a two hundred and eighty-five dollar tie, uh, and uh, as I was going through, the thing went that's off. An expensive tie. It's an expensive tie, and uh, yeah, fuck them. I'm glad I stole it. So then <laughs> I'm, I'm going through the thing, and it goes off, but I just ignored it. And somebody was coming at the same time. I still held the door open. Like you just have to act like you're doing what you're supposed to do, and you'll get away with it. I did it for years. I just kept stealing yeah. and stealing and stealing, whole things of groceries. I stole. Uh, Video games, I stole recorders, stole equipment, I stole a PlayStation 3. I was stealing all this stuff, and uh, but it all started with just, like, groceries. And what ended up happening is uh, I, I afforded myself a lifestyle. Like, I was stealing, uh, like, $20 almond butter and, like, a lot of kombuchas. I was, like, right, I so you were living the life of, yeah. like, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Basically, I was like, I can't go back. I can't to, afford to, you you're know. You're like, I can't eat Jiffy peanut butter. But I got to eat the like non-hydrogenated so, oil stuff. Like, it would be so, like, nothing to me. Like, I'd be driving somewhere. I'm like, oh, God, I want to get a kombucha. I would stop. Uh -huh. I'd park. I'd run in the Ralphs, take a kombucha, and just run out. Like, it was, like, that easy to Did do. you ever start to feel, and you didn't feel guilty at all? I never felt guilty. No, because I'd only steal from, like, Ralph's or Best Buy. I didn't steal, like, from a guy's house, you, you weren't know? You weren't, like, stealing from friends or anything No, like no, that. no, no, never anything like that. I guess it's, I guess it's your frame of rep. For me, like, I have, like, such a high value on uh, loyalty mm -hmm. or, or uh, rather, honesty. Yeah. 
that I would feel guilt. And that's not a judgment. I'm just yeah, saying yeah, like yeah. I would feel guilty. It would eat me alive. You a know little what I mean? In the beginning, a little bit, but I had such a poverty mindset in the beginning of this. I so like, I kind of need to do this. You think you the know? root thing that needed to collapse was your poverty mindset. Kind you of, yeah. You think that's yeah. what kind of led you to something... Because, you know, it's easy to vilify the yeah. rich, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And be like, you know, I'm, I'm like Robin Hood, you know what I mean? Right, These people right, are making yeah, yeah. so much money Except anyways. I wasn't giving it to anybody else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, like, what was, was therapy, you think, the thing that made you stop doing that? No, uh, I kept doing it, but the work and therapy about the other stuff kind of helped. Honestly, what ended up happening, ironically when the pandemic happened and everybody was stealing, <laughs> like it was kind of a normal You're thing. You're contrarian. Uh, no, I was doing a lot of mushrooms. I was doing mushrooms like three times a week, like it was my job because I had nothing else to do. And something in one of the trips, it just turned off whatever that was. I never stole again. It was literally like overnight. Would you feel guilty if you stole or is it just kind of like one of those things? I would like try. I was like, I guess I can steal this. It was because of the muscle memory of it, you know? Uh -huh. like and I would get an extreme, like, anxiety. Like, I can't do it. I just can't do it, uh -huh. you know? And it just went away, you know? So is, when you were saying, I just can't do it, was it a conscience thing? Like It like, was a I bit of a conscious this is, this thing is, this is uh, mixed with fear, mixed with... I was like, you know, even though I never got caught for this shit, it mm -hmm. was like, I'm going in some direction I really don't want to go in doing this. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. I like kind of a quit while you're ahead type of thing. Gotcha. You know? I was like, gotcha. I don't want to be have kids and I'm a father and I'm stealing. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey, you kids, know? like I just want you, you to know? act like nothing's going on, especially when I didn't have the Kool Aid. And you then know? he's like, I want that GI Joe. You're like, take it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and then uh, it just reminded me of my my parents weren't stealing at all, but it was uh, it was a thing like I don't have to be doing this. It's you know. not even just like a morally like patting yourself on the back like I don't steal. It's mm -hmm. more so I think like it sets up a bad circuit in your brain because you start to think of you start to become entitled. For, you start to, to become things. entitled yeah. and you start to think that there's no price for things that I want. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people in our society now they're like you know, and this is not a political comment on Jeff Bezos, like, uh, at all. Right. It's more so just, like, when people are, like, so mad at, like, billionaires, it's mm. almost, like, a level of, well, I want to have, a, you know, like, my parents stopped giving me money, so these people need to give me money. Right, whatever. a little bit like that, and, and, yeah. and so it's kind of like this thing, like, you start to think that there's no price tag in life. Like, to get anything that you want on some level, you have to suffer. Like, yeah. even if you want, like, a good relationship, mm -hmm. you still kind of have to suffer for that relationship because there's times when your partner's going to upset you. And yeah. you can't just, like, walk out the door and be like, yeah, I'm going to get a pack of smokes, and then you mm -hmm. drive to, like, Oregon. Right. You know, so I think it's, like, after a while, it starts to make you think that what you desire is free and there's no price tag Yeah. of, like, pain. And you're a disciplined person. Very but much, But I'm just yeah. saying I think that... It could have eventually maybe. Well, the stealing. That. Well, here's the you thing: the stealing became part of my discipline. I was like, I, on my right. way to an I audition, on the way, I was like, I got to make sure I go and I steal uh, a chocolate bar on the way. So, yeah. like, it's like that'll warm me up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was kind of what I had with my thing that I was doing too. Is like you get disciplined about doing a weird thing because you're afraid everything else is going to collapse. Exactly. It's like well, an OCD. Thing. But no, but that's the magical thing. That's what I was going yeah. to therapy for. It is an OCD thing. Uh -huh. It's magical thinking where something completely unrelated to something else you feel like is affecting it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, if I don't steal this thing, I'm not going to get this job. It makes no sense. You know? Right, right. 
So it just becomes part yeah. of your ritual. And that's kind of what I was working on in the in the CBT therapy. That's sure. why I don't want to bring in like, hey, by the way, I'm doing these really terrible <laughs> things. That's yeah. like, you know, it would just worry her. Like I was like, I, I'll just keep this. Uh, yeah, there's certain things you sometimes don't want to tell your therapist just because yeah. it's like, okay, I'm not ready to deal with this yet. Like mm-hmm. I remember there was one time I quit my job and I didn't want to tell my therapist because I knew what she was going to tell me. Like, why did you do that? This is a pattern right, in your life. Yeah. And I just didn't want to deal with that. You mm. know what I mean? But yeah, I, I did CBT too. I started whenever I was in uh, Chicago. So it was yeah. like right at the end of college. But for me, what was interesting was like, I started because I was drinking to like numb things, but I was doing like comedy and acting back then. Right. But when I would, I, I started doing comedy, this weird thing started happening where the words would get stuck in my chest because mm. I was so nervous. Like if I didn't drink, I'd be uh, uh, Wow. Uh, like you didn't trust yourself at all. It was bad, dude. Mm-hmm. It, it got really, really bad because it was like just a, a, a whole like cascade of just anxiety, like washing over you. And then what ended up happening was, um... I got a scholarship for acting, but mm-hmm. I, I could not act in my classes, so I had to drink before I would go in there and I would act and stuff. Yeah. So I started studying CBT and all this stuff, and I started going after my fears. Eventually, I quit drinking. I got off all the meds that I was on, okay. all that. Um, but what happened was I went to L.A., and I started, uh, be like, that familiar feeling kind of came back in auditions. Not really uh, so much stand up, right? But, uh, in auditions, high, any high pressure, high pressure situation. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, what's my number one fear in life? And I looked back at all the times that I felt the most inadequate in life, and the mm-hmm. most inadequate that I ever felt was whenever I was around girls, mm-hmm. because I would see a girl, and I would just act like I had no interest in her whatsoever, because it was like the ultimate rejection. And I think a lot of dudes somewhat feel this way but in my mind i was like okay if i can conquer women yeah then i and i wasn't saying that consciously like i want to conquer women but yeah you go like, like it's like batman with the bats with it's the like bats, if i can exactly. do my number one fear everything yes. else should be easy. everything else will fall yeah. into line right mm. so i remember i like i would get in these i was like in like on online dating and stuff and i would i, I, I had been in a few relationships but what happened was i got in a relationship long story short girl i love she cheated and then all of a sudden, I remember I was like, "Okay, I have to look at maybe why she cheated. Am I am I not a man enough? Was I? Did she think I was like weak? Mm-hmm. What were all these different feelings or whatever?" So what I did was I was like, "Okay, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go out and I am going to learn to talk to women." So first, I started going on dates, okay. um, like on Tinder, or whatever. But I'd be like too nervous to like kiss the girl or whatever like that. Mm. So I'd go on like five dates with the same chick, and I would like never make a move. And so I was like, okay, how do I get over this? So I was like, all right, well, I'm terrified to go up to a girl in public and talk to her. So I started making myself approach five women a day, like five women. And and, five. and I had to ask for <laughs> I had to ask for the number. Okay. And if I didn't ask for the number, or would you just be like, Can I have your number? Or would you would have <laughs> no, to like I'd like just pop up and be like, I need your number. <laughs> yeah. And then I would run away. Yeah. No. Um what happened was I would basically like invite them to a comedy show or whatever. And it was sincere. Okay. I was sincerely so inviting these women to comedy shows. And yeah. most of them I wasn't even trying to hit on. Mm. I just wanted to get over my fear. Breaking the ice. Of breaking the ice. Yeah. yeah. So I would start doing that. And like when I first started doing it, I remember like my hand was like shaking and the mm. phone was like shaking my yeah. hand and my eye was like twitching because I was like <laughs> so nervous. Like, I yeah, like yeah. a tweaker. Yeah. And then what happened was. This gave you the number out of sheer intimidation. They're like, all right. I started getting good at it to where yeah. I would like, if I'd see a girl walking on the street, 
I get out of my car and I just go up to her and start talking to her. Wow. And it, what would you say when you? I get, would just like, be like, hey, you know, be like, sorry, I saw you walk and blah 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 blah. And I try to be funny. I guess it's kind of flattering end, too. In right, the end, I would give them like my phone and be like, yeah, put your number in there. Yeah. And most of the time they would, but then there were some days where like all five women would be like, no. But most of the time I would get the number because I just got good at talking to girls, mm. and so. What ended up happening was I started to just go out and just try to meet women. No, no ulterior motive, no anything. And I started to like hook up a lot. And like first it was a little bit, then it was a lot, then I lost count. And then I started doing that all the time. But what started happening was much like the shoplifting thing. I thought that this was going to fix those Mm -hmm. insecurities. And what happened was I got really confident with women, but I actually started to like regress in oh, my development like because normal human yeah, interaction. You think you sleep with a lot of women, it's going to make you feel good. But then like I had this other set of values over here to where I'm like, okay, well, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe like certain things about life and about like valuing other people and stuff. But yet yeah. I'm doing this thing. Right. And I'm, I was never mean. I was mm-hmm. never, uh, I never lied about my intentions. Right. But at the same time, I'm like doing this thing that I know is not healthy for me. It's not healthy for other people. And I'm doing it over and over. And then eventually I had to be like, okay, why do I need to do this to feel okay with myself? And it got to the point where I couldn't even be in a relationship. Wow. Because if a girl liked me, deep down, I didn't like me. So I would not like her anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it, And so it didn't really address the problem. But what it did show me is that whatever you fear there's a strategy to get over the fear, but don't think that that fear is going to fix every other area. Well, it's kind of like a paradox. So you got yeah. very good at this thing with women, but now you're bad at the thing behind it. <laughs> yeah, <bad laughs> the, thing, whereas maybe yeah. ironically, you would have been better at the thing behind it if you didn't conquer the thing in front of it so badly. You know? Yeah. And the other thing too was like, I said I didn't lie, which I didn't about my intentions, but I'd lie with my behavior. Mm-hmm. You know how to, once you get good at hooking up, you know how to like, hold your posture, you know how to like kind of say things and do things. And it's like very manipulative. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing is like really, really manipulative and to where you not really honest anymore. And you're not really being like, it, you're not really showing your true self, Yeah, which nobody needs to do that on the first date. Yeah. You know, you don't show your whole, let go of your whole poker face, but at the same time, some people do. And that's why I think we have a big, I think, uh, online dating kind of ruined that because more mm-hmm. people are going on dates than ever and less yeah. people are in relationships than ever. That's another yeah. paradox that's going on. Yeah. And a big part of it is that you used to meet somebody organically and they kind of already liked you and then you would ease into sure. it. Now it's like you're meeting strangers and you're like, okay, this is me. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah. I love Marvel and I, you know, and they're like, oh, okay, I don't like, you know, like, well, yeah. I got to find someone yeah. who accepts me. For, it was like, uh-huh. yeah, but you wouldn't do this if you happened to meet somebody through a friend at a, you know yeah. what I mean? You wouldn't, it would just naturally kind of happen, you know? Totally. I guess the bigger question is, am I going to do therapy forever even if I don't feel like I need it? Like, I kind of look at it, I look at it like a luxury. It's like just an extra person you're talking to. Because mm-hmm. there are some times where I feel fine for a long time. And she's like, okay, well, and is what's going on? And I'm just kind of trying to reach into anything that bothers me and bring it up. I was like, is this really helpful that I'm bringing, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's not really bothering me that much. I'm making it a thing now. 
just to get the value of this session because the copay is low. <laughs> but yeah, it, it felt like it felt like just going to confessional each week after a while to where I was like, I don't have anything new to tell yeah. you. Yeah, like we're just kind of like looking at each other, and I'm like, How was your week? And then I'm yeah. like, Okay, it's time for me to stop coming here because it's just turning into a date. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because like I don't know. I mean, you look at your ideal future. Is therapy really in it? You know. I mean, I think different points in your life, it's, like, good because mm -hmm. the thing is, is, like, when it's time to get a therapy, like, I know people who are always, like, you know, this person wasn't there for me. But then you find out that they're always complaining. Like, no yeah. matter how close you are to someone, there comes a point when you got to go to therapy if you're always complaining. Because yeah. if you're always complaining, nobody's going to want to be around yeah. you. I don't so care you need, you, you need to is. pay somebody Whether it's your mom, dollars. your yeah. kids, yeah. whatever. Like, no one eventually you have to be like, okay, I, I'm, I'm toxic mm -hmm. and I got to find a way to not be because my yeah. whole energy is just off. You know, I, I like the idea of cognitive behavioral therapy, but kind of being your own therapist, being mm -hmm. like consistently being like, what do I fear? How do I attack it? And how do I get over this fear and just keep stretching yourself? Yeah. But that's more of a way of a life than seeing an actual therapist. But there is, I think, also like value in like leaving yourself alone because you mm -hmm. can get to the point to where you're always working on yourself so much that of turns course. you into a weirdo. Yeah. And now kind of where I'm at is like I sort of just sort of feel solid with myself and like with my faith and with what I believe to where I can kind of just relax about stuff, mm -hmm. you know? But I still like the idea of looking at something that fears you within reason. I mean, you don't want to be like, yeah, I'm fearful to beat my wife, so I'm going to start doing right. that. Right, yeah, or you want to you like, you kind of like not beat her because you don't want to beat anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, not we'll be because like, of some consequence. I was know. scared and Tony Robbins told me to stretch myself. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, no, don't do that. So, yeah, and I also find this like different thing because sometimes... I might, I might get more out of going for a massage than I would out of therapy or I might get more out yeah. of, you know what I mean? Like going to the gym or walking my dog for like three hours. Like yeah. it's kind of like, it's a different, and that's another thing that made the, the magical thinking hard is whenever I'd find like a new thing that like, Oh, this kind of get helps my, like, okay, now I got to include that into the, you know, it's like, there's only so many hours in a day I can't do Dude, you know, yeah. every yeah. single thing that I feel like helps me before some tasks. I'm like, I got to do all this before I go to the post office. <laughs> you know? It's yeah, dude. I was doing this specific therapy recently. I did it for two years. It helped me a ton. Mm -hmm. Like better than any other form of therapy. And um, I was working with someone with it. It was like a life coach type situation. And I was praying one day and I was like, I feel like I sh I I'd be better off if I gave this up. And so I, but I didn't want to. So like when I gave it up, I was like, yeah. and then for two weeks, I felt like I was going insane without this yeah. thing. And then I was like, oh, I was like addicted to that thing mm. to where I had to do it. Like it goes back to the thing to where that thing is now yeah. slavery yeah. because you have to do this specific thing in the specific order or else you feel like your life is going to crumble, yeah. which and is just it, BS. Well, it's not that you feel like your life is going to crumble. You're just going to feel like if it crumbles, it was your fault. Because yeah. you, because some, some, sometimes you know, shit happens. Things go wrong. You fail. It, it mm. could happen. But there's the extra thing. I was like, you know, but this happened because I didn't do those things in that order. The when I knew what I knew, you know, it's, it's like. So yeah, I guess that would be the cons then, right? The cons yeah. would be like it's another thing that you're addicted to, um, which means that there's a thing behind the thing, you yeah. know. Which you, I guess you got to find a way to deal with that. Which is yeah. like 
sometimes just quitting everything for a while and just living and then like letting go of the steering wheel and coasting for a little bit is the best thing you can do. But some people make that a way of life and those people also end up in trouble too. Yeah. So guys, make sure you subscribe. Also leave us a, a good review because it helps. It yes. boosts us up. Please. Leave a comment. Unless as well. you didn't like it, then don't then say just, anything. Then just don't say anything. Yeah. yeah. Don't be like <laughs> Just rude. send me a mean message and I'll, I'll take the hit. You can send me a mean message too. Yeah, so yeah, either yeah. one of us, whichever yeah, one. We you, go to therapy. We're fine. 